All right. So we still don't really have like an intro tagline like I do for Hawkcast, but um, it'll come with yeah. time. Welcome to Derncast, the podcast about Laura Dern. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Amato. And I'm your other host, Elizabeth Hopkins. All right, and this is episode two, so, you know, we're still, like, in the, the training wheels section of Derncast. It's not like with Hawkcast where we're, like, 30 episodes deep, and I'm just like, all right, you know, it's Ethan. You know. <laughs> Let's just do it. It's just, like, a whole thing. Um, yeah, and this was definitely one hell of a second movie. Yes, yeah, so today we'll be discussing David Lynch's 1990 I always think it's... I can't remember if it's ever 1990 or 91. Well, 1990. 1990 mm-hmm. film, Wild at Heart, starring Laura Dern, Nicolas Cage, Diane Ladd, Willem Dafoe, and half the cast of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I realize this is the second time both of us have seen it, and mm-hmm. I realized that I f- saw it first before seeing Twin Peaks, and so I had no idea... How much, and I hadn't seen that much David Lynch at that point either, so I had mm-hmm. no idea how many people he brings into his his movies repeatedly. It was really cool. He's like, got hey, he's got a lot of friends. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't think we can even list everyone who's in it, but uh, Grace Zabriskie, aka Sarah Palmer, is in it. Laura Palmer herself is in it. We let's not spoil that yet. Yeah. Um, Audrey. You said. Audrey, yes, yeah, she um, shows up. The woman, the actor, plays Audrey. Um, let's see. Who, who else? else? There were a couple others. I mean, I feel obviously, like. um, Lord Dern. But... The guy from Eraserhead. Yes. Who's also in Twin Peaks a little bit. Um, it's not going to say it on the back. Yeah. Oh, I do have to say. Part. I do have to say that, uh, the Blu-ray edition that I have is the new Shout Factory, the Shout Select release. It is one of the most beautiful covers I've ever seen. Like, it's Criterion level. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's just, you just, just look it up. It's so so beautiful. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. This is the first time I've ever really had to discuss David Lynch on a podcast. Like, I think I mentioned him when we did uh, Snow Falling on Cedars, because I was just talking about, mm-hmm. like, the darkness of American life or something. Yeah, the the darkness within. Yeah, and that was, a, that was like, right around when The Return was, like, starting, so... Mm-hmm. I hadn't fully, my third eye had not fully opened in regards to David Lynch yet. <laughs> it's a slow, gradual process mm-hmm. that it, but it, yeah. now so I've seen layers. all of his work. Like, I did it. Wow. The last one I uh, had seen was uh, The Elephant Man, which was one of his first movies. That was, was that one of the shorts or was that no, it's a, a movie. feature length? Okay. Oh, I guess I haven't watched all of his shorts, but like, that's a lot. They were, yeah, and hey, them, I've yeah. watched the documentary <laughs> about him called The Art Life. It's really good. I still need to see that. I still it's need on, to... It's on Prime, yeah. if you can get it, if you just, if you can figure out Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. I can do that, because we have Prime. It's really, but... really good. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, but yeah, Wild at Heart, uh, when it came out, everyone hated it. Really? Yeah. That's... Uh, people walked well, that's out of wild. test screenings. <laughs> yeah. People walked out of test screenings. I mean, everyone hated Firewalk with me, too, and I think Firewalk with me is a masterpiece. Yeah, the so, world was not ready. I guess... Everyone hated it. Well, it starts with Sailor, played by Nicolas Cage, beating a dude to death, because he, he threatened him. Yeah, there's a lot of... Red is a really big theme mm-hmm. color in this movie. There's a lot of violence, a lot of really... A lot of noise. It's yeah. very harsh. Like noise, a lot of sex. It's it's very 
um, kind of at times even over the top. You know, it's kind of grotesque at, at times. times. Like the well, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Diane Ladd covers herself in red makeup and is dressed like a weird, sexy baby on the phone talking to Harry Dean Stanton. Be like, no, everything's great. I'm gonna come down to New Orleans and hang out with you. It's gonna be amazing. That's an image that I will never forget. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so hard to talk about this. Like, I mean, how much reading have you done on David Lynch? Because it's always fascinating to read other people's perception of his work. Um, I don't really feel like I hear him discussed on podcasts because he doesn't really put out new stuff. I mm-hmm. also don't listen to a ton of, like, Twin Peaks podcasts, I guess. Mm-hmm. I actually heard him on the radio recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, I only he's always on the radio snippet. about, like, meditation and stuff. Yeah, this one was, I think, I... I came in on the part of it where they're asking questions about like female characters in his movies and mm-hmm. um how you know i mean i guess this this one movie is an example of it's definitely the female character um lula played by laura dern she's very she's a very strong character but she's also you know she's she's had a rough life she's definitely yeah a little bit distressed she's grown up <laughs> fast is i think the euphemism that people would use here. Yeah, exactly. She her her father died in a horrendous fire when she was. I I don't know. They don't exactly say how old she was, but she was young. We know that she's twenty now, as the story takes place. Mm-hmm. That's like what we got, and we know that, like her uncle molested her and all these horrible. Her mother is a nut job. All her mother things. is a witch. <laughs> yeah, That's, she's the wicked witch. Yep. That was we were saying when we watched it. Like, it ends with a very explicit Wizard of Oz reference, but there's so many in it that we just don't think about until you're watching it again. Like, at one point she taps her shoes three times, her red shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I should have caught that the first time. Um, there's some that are more obvious and other ones. Like, I didn't catch the the scene where the, the mother is, you know, she's just painted her face with red lipstick and then she's, yeah. like, heaving into the toilet and you look and you just see her black shoe and it's, like, curved. Yeah, she's got like, witch shoes. Like, the witch's shoe. shoe. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that the first time I saw it and then this time I was like, ooh, that's cool. So there's a lot. Like, so she's supposed to be Dorothy. I mean, I... I guess Nick Cage is, like, all three of the men yeah. in ways. Because he needs to find courage and his heart and his brain. All at once, um, while simultaneously we saying, having three, yeah. I guess Willem Dafoe is the flying monkey. I guess. And he's more of just, like, a real Lynch character. He's a a nasty thug with horrible teeth who dies in a stupid way. Yeah, he's <laughs> he he's got a lot of bad intentions. Yep. Um, and he's... I guess, man, maybe we should try to go back to the beginning and, yeah, and I kind agree. of... Try attempt to unravel this movie. So um, it's tricky. It's there's a lot. That's that's one thing is that there's a lot that happens in this movie. We start out as you said earlier with uh, this this really like lavish hotel party setting, and then there's a murder that happens. Um, there's this guy who pulls a knife on Sailor uh, and threatens him, and um, Sailor just beats him to death. It's really yeah. quite alarming. Um, and he ends up going to jail for, I don't know exactly how long, but he. It's not very long, because he gets yeah. out, and the mother's upset that he gets out. Because mm-hmm. the, w- the way that um, Harry Dean Stanton and the other guy are explaining to her is, like, it was in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Like, they everyone saw the guy pull the, the gun. 
and everything. So he, he gets out, and he's he's fine. He's like, no, we're going to go straight. He picks up Lula. Um, they're really cute together. Oh. They're, they're, like, fun. We we were saying that the whole movie. They're, they're so fun. They're wonderful. They just, mm-hmm. like, spaz out dancing to really heavy metal music, and they, they hit these clubs, and they just... They are so... They're so in love. And, yeah, in love and just very sweet together. I think they do bring out the best in each other. I think that they do, too. I think they know how to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, clearly they're unrealistic about certain things because they just kind of drive off and they're like, we're going to make a, a, a name for ourselves. We're going like, to make a life. And I'm like, okay, guys, go ahead, but... Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. They kind of start off in this directionless journey. I mean, you, you definitely, we know that Lula and Sailor are running away from her mother. Yeah, and, that's and the most life. important thing. And also, um, Sailor has broken his parole in order to get back with Lula, so that's the other factor here. So they're definitely running away, but they're not especially running to something. No, they're running from. They're running away, yeah. That's, yeah, that's where they are. Um, I don't know, there's just so many different crazy scenes in this movie. I can understand, like, if you don't know what you're getting into, I think you could so easily be led to believe it's like a straightforward romance between Laura Dern and Nicolas Cage, and it's not. It's It's so much more than that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even just kind of um, talking about the Wizard of Oz theme, you know, they're repeatedly... Throughout the movie, they repeatedly reference this idea that they're following the yellow brick road. Yeah. And it's interesting, because in The Wizard of Oz, you know, you're, she's kind of just following the yellow brick road to this emerald city where she's told that she'll be able to go home again. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, you definitely get the sense that they're seeking some kind of home, but they just can't quite get there because they keep landing in these really horrific situations. They keep finding, like, the nastiest people. Yes. And I guess that makes sense, like, the challenges that Dorothy faced along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, is Nick Cage Toto? Like... I know. Well, there's that one reference to Toto. They do reference Toto, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. Yeah, I do I do like your theory that Nicolas Cage is all three. I think that, I think that lines up to for man, me. To yeah. man. Yeah. The lion, yeah. I think that He's just sense. trying to prove himself to Dorothy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And he doesn't quite know how to do that, but... David is the wizard. David Lynch is the wizard. Oh, obviously. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so they're going along, and um, there's this whole plot alongside their road trip journey, which is, a, you know, such a classic American narrative mm-hmm. in its own. But and David loves driving. Oh, yeah. He literally has a movie called Lost Highway, so. Lives- and, you know, the last episode of Twin Peaks, The Return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those long, like, the highway shots... But, um, so Lula's mother decides to, she has two different men that she has these complicated relationships with, and Mm -hmm. she decides that she's going to try to stop Lula and get rid of Sailor. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, it's kind of interesting, because it's, there's the one man that she, they seem to be more genuinely in love. Harry Deed Stanton. Yeah, and he's kind of a, he's a goofy character. He's a pushover. Like, there's this one really weird scene where he's watching these hyenas on television and he starts yelping like a dog at the TV, and that was the moment where I was like, man, this guy's... <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> but um, but I think that she, 
he kind of appeals to the mother's more human side, but ultimately she ends up hiring this this other um, acquaintance. Um, yeah, the other guy that she's in league with. Yeah, they definitely have a complicated romantic history, but um, yeah, maybe he's the flying monkey. Maybe, or maybe they're all because you know what we end up realizing there's a whole network of criminals, mm-hmm. and maybe they're all the flying monkeys. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, fucking Isabella Rossellini ends up with Harry Dean Stanton, like they kidnap him. It's her, uh, her mother played by Grace Zabriskie, aka Sarah Palmer, and then uh, a black guy who I don't know because there are no black people in Twin Peaks. So yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is definitely one of the. The mm-hmm. things that David Lynch has been criticized for, but which is fair, but also Twin Peaks is a parody of soap operas in mm-hmm. that vein, and those were all white people, so like I get it, but also like it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not important. Uh, yeah, they like get off on torturing him or like making him watch them make out. I guess they have such a weird, disturbing, kinky thing going on there. Yeah. It's like oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's. What this, a lot of these characters that Lula and Sailor and the other protagonists, like the main characters, encounter, they all have this shared, grotesque, it's like this really disturbing inner world of America type thing, which mm-hmm. I think David Lynch the is... Underbelly. The underbelly. Yeah, the dark underbelly. It's like the one of the best shots in Blue Velvet, it's like when you get close to the lawn, it's just writhing with ants. I think it's just what he wants to show here is there's bad people all over. Mm -hmm. And also just, like, tragedy for no reason. Like, they find that car accident. And Audrey from Twin Peaks is wandering around with an enormous head wound. She's like, I need to find my wallet. Like, oh, my parents are going to be so mad at me. Like, she's not making any sense because she's dying. I know. It's so awful. That was so sad. Mm -hmm. It was... Yeah. And then I thought it was interesting... um, we have that scene where they come across that car accident in the middle of the night on the, the empty highway, and then she ends up, this young girl who's just babbling incoherently ends up passing away in their arms, which mm-hmm. is very sad. And then they just um, keep driving. And then they, yeah. But the next scene, it was interesting, because I kind of saw like a little, like a segue or parallel there mm-hmm. between the girl talking about these concerns and the next scene is the mother just kind of sitting on the couch like worrying yeah, 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 aloud yeah, yeah, yeah. about it cuts you know. very quickly to that yeah I, I thought that there was some kind of poetic thing going on there this sort of like two characters kind of mirroring each other mm-hmm. um, and quite soon after that Lula's sick in bed right? I think so I yeah. think that's pretty close to that scene I mean because she, she's pregnant but you know yeah. It can be construed as, like, she's still upset about that event. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we can get to that. When Lula's in bed, um, she's like, oh, I don't want to say it. So she writes on a post-it note, I'm pregnant. So Sailor is a little worked up about it, and he goes outside to, like, work on the car just, like, collect his thoughts. Uh, Willem Dafoe's character, Bobby, comes in, and he's got these nasty teeth. It's the worst. It's like rotting stubs. It's so gross. Um, He basically assaults Lula. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he goes back outside, and Lula's still so upset that she's just sitting in the bed. Uh, And he takes Sailor on a drive, basically. And Sailor has no idea what he did to Lula. Mm -hmm. And Bobby talks him into robbing a bank with him. Good decisions. Yeah, you know. (laughs) 
I thought that that whole series where he, you know, he manages to convince him to go rob the bank was so frustrating to watch because mm-hmm. you see that Sailor's having second thoughts, like he's thinking about, oh, is this actually the right decision for Lula and me? Yeah. I don't know. And then ultimately, he's that's kind of where he's kind of the the scarecrow because he he's ends up getting in the car it. with them. Yeah. Yep. He kind of tends to go. I think that's one way in which those two characters, like Lula and Sailor, also kind of contrast. Is that I think Lula tends to be more intuitive. Yeah. About things. I mean, she could tell right away that Bobby's not a good guy. Yeah. And Sailor clearly didn't have that sense. Yeah, Sailor is. Or he didn't a bit care. Too trusting, or mm-hmm. you know, he. He's a good man. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't always make the best decisions. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great film. And then after that, we have the, the botched, um... <laughs> the botched robbery. The botched robbery where the cops show up outside of the bank. Yeah, and Bobby <laughs> shoots off the teller's hand. It's gross. Uh, then the cops... Yeah. The cops just shoot Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby falls down on his own shotgun and blows off his own head. And it's still, like, wrapped in the sock. Yeah. The stocking, whatever. I didn't quite catch that he blew blew himself up. Yeah. I thought that would... He falls on his shotgun and goes... Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so fitting. Um, Yeah. And then... And then poor Sailor ends up back in jail. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... We see... uh, He's... You know, Lula ends up having their child. Um, Pace. Pace. His name's Pace. I thought that was an interesting. It's a cute name. Choice for a name, kind of like the yeah, like pacing yourself or yeah. like taking it more slowly. I don't know. That's but he's in jail it... for six years. Yeah, that's a long time. And I she's think. still devoted to him. Mm-hmm. They keep in touch by letter, and she's you know sending him updates about their about son. Their son that he hasn't met. Um, yeah. So then. He gets out and meets up with him, and he's like, no, I can't do this. I'm a robber. You don't want me. And he, like, flees. Mm-hmm. He leaves Lula, poor Lula, behind. Uh, and then he gets accosted by a, a gang. Uh, they beat him up. He falls over. And suddenly he's visited by Glinda the Good Witch, played by... Laura Palmer. Yep. Cheryl, Cheryl Lee herself. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know the first time I watched it. And Me then, neither. It was so interesting. Yeah. It was like, and then you were just like, "It's Laura Palmer," gems. and I was like, "No," <laughs> which is perfect. It's amazing. Uh, and she tells him to get up and go to Lula. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he wakes up, and he's like, "Thanks for beating some sense into me, random gang." And he goes back and he sings "Love Me Tender" to Lula. And the significance of that is the entire yep. movie. One of one of uh, Sailor's things is that he can do this killer Elvis impersonation or impression mm-hmm. and um, he has always sung this other what was the first Elvis song that he sang to her in the club I don't know they all sound the same to me I know I'm like I'm my, I need to brush up on my Elvis songs but he's always sung this this one song to Lula and mm-hmm. she's always asked him to sing her love me tender but mm-hmm. he was like oh like I I told you that I would sing that to my wife mm-hmm. and then it's really sweet because at the very end he yeah, starts singing he that. does it <laughs> oh 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just such a great movie. There's so many little things, like his snakeskin jacket. Yeah, it's that, just so well crafted. Yeah, he, he wears around for, what is the exact wording? It's like, I, I wear this because it symbolizes my, my individuality and personal mm-hmm. freedom. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where does, what's the line that the title of the film comes from? Where Lula says, like, the world's wild at heart and crazy all over, something along those lines. Crazy on top. Crazy on top. Wild at heart, crazy on top. It's sad because it's kind of interesting. When you hear the phrase, or at least when I hear the phrase wild at heart, Mm -hmm. I kind of think of this carefree... Like, can't be tamed. Yeah, like, sort of uplifted, like, oh, like, yeah, can't be tamed vibe. And then when she actually says it is right after... The Bobby Peru character mm-hmm. um, assaults her, yeah. and then basically seduces. In another sense, he seduces Sailor into getting into a really bad business deal by feeding him lots of alcohol. Yep. Um, and he, you know, Sailor stumbles back to their room, and and she's lying there, and she. That's when she says the line, and I think it contextualizes it in a much sadder way than I originally thought of it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's. She's clearly in a bad state. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, it just kind of nails the whole vibe of mm-hmm. the movie. I mean, I think that their their love is very uplifting. It's presented as the happy ending that they stay together, so can't be all that bad. Yeah, I'm very happy. It would be a very sad, depressing movie if that didn't happen. I know. <laughs> It'd be like, what's the point? After all that they've been through, they've had yeah. to deal with all these terrible, crazy people. And yeah. Um, and the mother loses it, and she disappears from the picture of herself. She basically just, like, she disappears melts. She into melts. a martini. Yeah. She's melting. She's melting. <laughs> it's great. I love her. She was nominated for an Academy Award for this. Really? Yep. Oh. Diane Ladd. You know, she's, you know, casually Laura Dern's real mother. Wait. Yeah. Like the the actors, yeah, mom, yeah, oh, that's her mother, Diane Ladd. Oh, yeah, she was playing. I did not know that. Laura Dern's mom played her mom in this. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, okay. she's amazing in it, and she plays Laura Dern's mother in uh, Enlightened, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. As you will see later. Yeah, we'll we will get to that. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So many movies to watch. I know. I still. But... I'm having trouble figuring out which ones she's the star of in which she's kind of the bit role because imdb is a little lopsided because laura dern is very very big now Mm -hmm. so she's always at the top so it's sometimes by like appearance or alphabetical it's not by significance or like starring kyle mclaughlin laura dern Mm because she could be like ninth build but she could be higher up on imdb so i still got to figure out which ones we're going for because she does a lot of bit rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I have a pretty good sense of where we're headed. Okay, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, yeah, it is tricky. Um, but, but we can say anything that's been coming out in the last like four years of Laura Dern in it. She's the star. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty much. I mean, she's not the star of Last Jedi, but she's one of the major characters. So, mm-hmm. and she's awesome. Yeah. Um, she's great in this, obviously. David Lynch brings out the best. So what, um, I'm trying to remember, from Fabulous Stains to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, ten years. 
10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. She's, she's still a baby in this. Yeah, she's still so young, but, you you know, it's really cool to see how much she developed from that really early stage, like, in her her career to, to this movie, because mm-hmm. she is just fabulous. She is so fierce and, oh, just wonderful. Yeah. I love Lula. I think Lula's a great character. Mm-hmm. We were, yeah, we were commenting during the film how she's just, like, not even afraid to wear anything. <laughs> yeah, she's just wearing that weird spandex leotard. With cowboy boots. Yeah, I really think, like, she inspired, like, you know, that, that or at least that <laughs> film aesthetics inspired fashions later on. She sure <laughs> did. Um, what is our ranking system? I haven't edited Fabulous Stains yet, so I haven't re-listened, and I don't remember. Um, in, I think, well, it was out of five. Yes. Um, yeah, I was thinking, like, she, you know... <laughs> Five out of five calming presences. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, she's got that kind of like sneer sometimes that she does, but mm-hmm. I want to do something a little bit more positive. Sneer kind of sounds a little like negative, so maybe we'll, we'll work on that. Like five, is it one to five, like smiles in a dark world. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll play smiles around. Smiles in hellhole. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of this movie uh i love when they're just being silly yeah i like when they're in the hotel room and they're like oh we're gonna go out dancing and then they go dance to like heavy metal mm-hmm. i love the mother i love how nuts she gets i like when bobby blows his head off yeah i like the good witch laura palmer <laughs> uh so there's so much to love thing. in it <laughs> and i get why people didn't like it but uh, i'm just so down i'm kind of trying to figure out like i just think it's because it's so nasty yeah, the violence mm-hmm. and, like, how grotesque it gets. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really it. And pe- maybe people in 1990 were like, oh, heavens no. <laughs> or sen- this disturbs our sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if it part of it is kind of what it reveals about American culture, too. I mean, yeah. there's, there's some there's some really wonderful, like, this, this uplifting element that David Lynch brings into this film, but there's also some really dark aspects, mm-hmm. too. Of just shady dealing. Just, like, the sign when you get into, what, Tuna, Texas, it mm-hmm. just says, fuck you. Yeah, Big Tuna. <laughs> Big Tuna, Texas. Big Tuna. And mm-hmm. someone just sprayed that onto the sign. Yeah. Um, Symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There, it's so hard to talk about a singular David Lynch work because everything is so connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and just everything he does is so deliberate. And he's got like five or six themes that he's so obsessed with that he just pulls apart in everything that he does in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so much of it is on display here. You know, driving, evil men, crime, controlling mothers. Wizard of Oz slash, yeah, driving. Just fantasy Wishing for that being over the rainbow. Yeah, but yeah, she at one point she literally says like I just want to be over the rainbow. It's like we get it. Um, <laughs> Feel you. <laughs> yep. There's also we didn't even talk about the. Uh, I mean, there's. I don't have a whole ton of thoughts except that I thought it was really cool that he used flame and fire as a yeah symbol. Like we said, every David production has amazing uh, title credits. Like mm-hmm. in Blue Velvet, it's just the Blue Velvet. In this, it's fire. Mm-hmm. It's literally just flames. Because, I mean, her father died in a fire, blah, blah, blah. They're flames of their love. Mm-hmm. All that. All that. All those smoking. good things. Everyone loves fire. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what would you rank this? 
five. Oh yeah, it's totally a five. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not a even question. a question. That's it's the even... thing. So many of these are fives because she's in like banger after banger. Yeah, she got this. We got Blue Velvet. We got Jurassic Park. We have Big Little Lies. We got Enlightened. Like, yep. I'm kind of excited to get terrible movies she's in. Yeah. Because boy, does Ethan have a lot of those. <laughs> You know, it's, it's sometimes it's just a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I honestly would say this is even better the second time around. I totally. Would definitely recommend, like, seeing it. Putting it away for a minute. Seeing it and then putting it down and then making sure that you've seen more David Lynch stuff and then revisiting it having seen more David Lynch stuff. Yeah, I think it helps. <laughs> um, I don't like to limit people in what they watch of just being like, oh, you haven't seen these or you can't watch this. It's like, no, you can. It's just you might yeah. you might get more out of it if you have a better grasp on what David wants you to be seeing. Yeah, and like number two, yeah, like exactly, like number two, maybe, have, you know, maybe go watch some other stuff, but number one, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the same thing about like Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. It's like once you understand his sensibility, you, you, you're you more inclined to like his output. And it's just fun, kind of, it's like almost like following threads across yeah. the whole body of work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, speaking of Linklater watching American Graffiti, I was just like, oh, this is the movie he's wanted to make his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> You've arrived. Which he's done like three times because he made Days and Confused and Everybody Wants Some. And I'm trying to think of other just like fun hangout movies. It's like kind of slacker. Slacker's amazing, but it's different. Well, this is not a Richard Linklater podcast. <laughs> That's for This is a Laura Dern itself. podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to be doing half of Richard's movies in Hawkcast. Yeah, that's true. Because he's in a bunch of them, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But this is about Laura Dern, and she's the best. She's wonderful. Also, that red lipstick. Oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I'd love to know what she thinks about this movie these days. I'm sure she likes it. Because yeah. she, she loves David Lynch. She came back for the return. Um, that yeah. would be really cool. Yeah, like revisiting your old movies. Mm-hmm. How do you think you've grown? Yeah. Totally. How is it still relevant? Because I do think even as like 1990, I think mm-hmm. it's totally relevant. Yeah, I mean, it kind of takes place in a very timeless, weird 1950s, 1980s kind of time, Mm -hmm. which I think is neat. It's kind of just about America in flux, Mm -hmm. which I really like. Yeah. There's, man, there's so much going on. I could just read like a dissertation on it, which is (laughs) a really exciting thing thing to say about a movie, because sometimes the movies you watch and you're just like, that was nothing. And you just forget about it like three days later. I know, this is definitely, this is one of those where I will occasionally be revisited by certain imagery in this yeah. movie. You know, I'll just be sitting, like, at work, or, like, on the train, and then all of a sudden, it'll just pop into my head, you know? And yeah. And I'll, like, kind of think about that for a while, you know? It's yeah. Definitely... It's like, I saw the new Jurassic World movie, like, two days ago, and I can barely tell you anything that happens in it, except a raptor <laughs> outruns an explosion. Oh, that sounds about, yeah, that yeah. sounds like the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Wild at Heart, please watch it. It's so hard to find. <laughs> it is not on streaming anywhere. Just go to the library, get the copy. It took me months to get it from the library, though, because there were so many holds on it, because there's, like, one Wild at Heart DVD in the Miniman system. I think I saw somewhere, like, either Coolidge Corner... Or... Coolidge Corner played it last night. Oh, it was last night? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, never mind. You missed your chance. But... 
But there are it's around all the time. It. It's yeah. around all the time. Just watch Wild at Heart. I think library best bet, but also it's just sometimes just not around. Mm-hmm. I bought the Blu-ray because I'm obsessed. Yeah, it's just a thing that you, yeah. know, you need to have if, if mm-hmm. you're into that sort of thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think that's about it, but thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Derncast. All right. Toodles.